the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I have not spoken to Larry either privately or publicly uh, since the recall that did not happen. Larry Elder, of course, received uh, by far the greatest number of votes. Uh, of anybody who might succeed, Gavin Newsom had the recall happened in California. He made himself a national name, which brings me great joy, because he should have a national name. So, Larry, have you gotten rest? I'm getting rest. I'm going to take off a few weeks, uh, get out of the state, and uh, just sort of recharge my batteries, because this was uh, the most grueling thing by far I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. And probably most rewarding. I think that's right. I've been asked many times, do you regret? And I can't think of one. Who? who? Oh, my God. What a stupid question. (laughs) I'm sorry, Larry. Forgive me for interrupting you. (laughs) Do do you regret becoming a national name? But but in a good way, for good things. Well, I, I think when people have asked me that, they talk about the way I was treated by, by my opponent, by the Democrats, and, and more especially by, by the media. As you know, the L.A. Times referred to me as, quote, the black face of white supremacy, close quote. I was attacked by a white woman wearing a gorilla mask uh, at a homeless encampment in Venice, and the L.A. Times headline read something to the effect of, Elder involved in altercation in Venice, and the photograph was me hugging a campaign supporter, uh, a female, but they froze the picture, so it looked as if I was slapping her. So if you look at the picture and the headline, it appears that the altercation was me oh uh, my slapping God. a woman. Oh, my God. And and the L.A. Times was contacted by the woman in the photograph who was furious. It turned out she's the daughter of Gloria Romero, the former state majority uh, leader, Democrat, uh, who crossed party lines to support me over the issue of school choice. It was her daughter I was hugging, but the picture looked as if I was slapping her. Headline again, uh, elder involved in altercation in Venice, and um, Soledad contacted the L.A. Times. They removed the picture but did not change the headline. So when people say, do you regret, I'm, I'm sure they're referring to the treatment that I received from the media. Right. So that raises the obvious question. Were you surprised? Oh, absolutely not. I went over all of the things I thought would happen uh, with my campaign supporters and with Nina, and I said, I'm going to be treated, uh, I'm going to be called everything but a child of God by the media because they're going to be afraid. I'm going to be effective. I'm going to break this uh, sorcerer spell they have over black and Hispanic voters over the issue of school choice, and they're scared to death. And so when I, when I run, if I run competently, if I run credibly, and I, do, and I assume that I would, uh, that was going to happen. So I was not at all surprised at all. Did any black churches invite you? Well, I had a Zoom call with several black pastors, maybe eight or nine of them, 
And it did not go well. I spoke for about 10 minutes, and I said the number one problem facing blacks is not systemic racism, not reparations, not, not any of the things that many of the uh, so-called black leaders can claim. It's the destruction of the nuclear family. I talked about the fact that 70% of black children into the world without a father married to the mother, an increase of 25% back in 1965. And I went over the, the, the data that suggests the police were not engaging in systemic racism against black people. If anything, the police kill more unarmed whites and it on our black that went over all the data. I talked for 15, 20 minutes. And then for the next half hour, I was eviscerated. And uh, when I tried to give them facts, they kept talking about something that happened in their community or something that happened to them. And I said, these are anecdotes. Everybody's had an instance instant where they've had a bad uh, exchange with the cop. I'm talking about what the facts say. They did not want to hear it. It was, it was absolutely brutal. I can't tell you how sad I am. Did you say they were pastors? Yeah. Yeah, eight, eight or nine of them. Not a single one said, well, let him, let him finish. Let him at least uh, look at his details, uh, his information. I, I, I specifically referred to an article in the Washington Post, April 27, 2016. I remember the date because it's my birthday. Uh, and the headline, uh, the article was a very long article about decades of research indicating that, if anything, the police are more hesitant, more reluctant to pull the trigger on a black suspect than a white suspect. And as I was speaking, they, they, uh, someone handed one of them the article, and he read the headline, and the headline had nothing to do with what I was saying, uh, as if somehow the, the article uh, headline refuted what I was saying. It was ridiculous. They didn't want to hear the facts. They didn't want to hear the data. They were just emotional. And it was one of the more uh, unhappy, contentious interviews I've had out of the probably well over 100 that I had in the, in the seven weeks that I, uh, that I ran. The reason I find this particularly uh, sad is that I'm a religious person. And I expect religious Christians and Jews to be better. And if, if they are as stupid, closed, intolerant, bigoted, and lying and deceitful as anybody else, of what use is their religiosity? And the answer is, it's of no use. Well, again, these were eight or nine pastors. I, I hope that they, they, don't, they don't reflect uh, the majority of pastors in the state of California. But these were very prominent ones, which is why we set up the Zoom call. So I want this for the record. You spoke to eight or nine pastors, black, white, or, or yellow, it doesn't matter to me, pastors who denied vociferously that the primary problem in black life is the staggering percentage of black kids not born to married women. That is correct. That is correct. They denied that that was the primary problem. They felt the primary problem was systemic racism, particularly conducted by the police. And, I, and they didn't care about the work done by Heather McDonald, didn't care about the work done by a guy named Roland Fryer, who is a black Harvard economist who assumed falsely that the police were engaging in deadly uh, behavior against blacks because they were black. And he said when he did his research, uh, his results were the, quote, most surprising of my professional career, close quote. Not only were the police not using deadly force against blacks, he found out, but they were more hesitant, more reluctant to use deadly force against blacks than against whites. Even Mark Lamont Hill, who is a extreme lefty, in-your-face, angry black guy who teaches at Temple University, in an interview with Candace Owens, conceded that the recent studies do not show at all that the police are engaging in deadly force against black people. So I told them all of this. They didn't care. That's what I said. For, for pastors not to care about truth means their religiosity is worthless. That, that's the worst. I mean, because uh, I, I can handle secular deceit better than religious deceit. Anyway, that's, you know, it, it's, go on. 
And, and then it's on the issue of school choice. The polls show urban parents want school choice. They know they're getting the worst teachers, worst principals, worst, worst bureaucrats, mm-hmm. worst outcome, and they want school choice. And I said to this pastor, just on the issue of school choice, aren't you on my side? What did they say? What did they say? Nothing. 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 And regarding the breakdown of the family, I told them 6.5% of of California is black. 40% of the homeless people, homeless population is black. I said, this starts from the family. I said, work with me over here. They didn't want to hear it. So this is not a political question, and there may not be an answer. Do you understand why people would want to think that they are victims? Why they'd want to think they're hated? Yes, because if if it's the other, if they if it's not systemic racism, then they have to look in the mirror and say, uh-huh. what policies have I endorsed that uh-huh. have caused this problem? Uh-huh. That's a conversation they cannot have. Right. That's why your voice is so important. The truth is, look, I, I, I'm not going to dwell on it. I know you're asked it a lot. I read your Newsweek interview, and rightly so. But I, I believe that it would resonate even more if it was an, if it were in a national campaign than in a California campaign. I, I think so. And, and I said, isn't it isn't it good news? Isn't it good news that the police are not engaging in systemic racism? Isn't this good news that the number one problem is not racism, but it's breakdown of the family? Isn't that good news? Uh, but no, it, it, it was it was it was just it was hostile. It was absolutely hostile. Sure, I had sure. an interview with Tavis Smiley, and it was also hostile. Um, and I think Tavis Smiley, with all due respect, isn't the sharpest, sharpest, uh, uh, brightest bulb in the in the in the. Uh, <laughs> Not the sharpest bright, knife in the drawer. That's the way it bright, goes. Brightest, brightest, brightest bulb in the lamp. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the what the metaphor is. Uh, and just anger, 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 anger. You know, he once called uh, Ronald Reagan uh, that he was. What's the term he used? Uh, he he brutalized black people. And when I told him that under Ronald Reagan, black adult unemployment fell faster than did white adult unemployment. Hispanic adult unemployment fell faster. Black teen unemployment fell faster than white teen unemployment. He said I was wrong. He had the data on my desk that Monday. That was 12, 15 years ago. I know the mail is slow, Dennis, but you think I'd have it by now. (laughs) By the way, should you consider a national campaign, you have now had a uh, you have been vaccinated. This is very important. They can't come up with anything more. So you, this is a very big deal. That's the best vaccination out there. I, I think so. Um, virtually every aspect of my private life has been, uh, you know, excavated. Uh, at least twenty or thirty uh, friends, including several uh, female friends. You know, I've been I've been single for all but two years of my life, Dennis. I've had a lot of relationships and they all called and told me LA Times called and I was on the phone with them for a half hour 45 minutes an hour Washington Post called I was on for a half hour 45 minutes an hour nothing at all printed uh, except for this allegation made by this one uh, former friend you know and Dennis which I find interesting oh by the way I, I remember the verb that Tavis Smiley used it was Ronald Reagan tortured black people mm. And, and the whole exchange that I had where I went over all those numbers, by the way, he was also there with Cornell West, so it was two against one, so it was a fair fight, uh, is on YouTube. Just Google Larry Elder, Tavis Smiley, and Reagan, and you can hear the exchange where Tavis Smiley, at the end of it, promised to give me the actual data, uh, have it on my desk, and that was a good 15 years ago. Dennis, the other thing, too, I want to say is, is the landscape uh, when the last recall election took place in 2003 in California, which was successful, versus now, is totally different. 
Uh, there's about 5% more registered Democrats than in 2003. There's 50% more registered uh, independents. Uh, and even the New York Times said California independents tend to vote Democrat. And there's a 33% decline in registered Republicans. So the whole landscape was very different than it was 2003. Yet, as far as the replacement votes are concerned, I got about the same percentage as did Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I never starred as Terminator. No, you just start, you start as a as a candidate. So, okay, I, I, in addition to the vaccination theory, I have another one. Mm-hmm. They say that you're a talk show host, so you don't have experience for uh, a big office like a governor of the biggest state in the country. Right. My theory is that is it's the single best experience you could have had as a talk show host. It gave you the time to master every issue. Well, I, I agree with that. Also, I'm a small business owner, and my business was not bankrupted. It didn't liquidate it. I sold it, and it kept going on for years. Uh, and I think that many of the people who are making laws in Sacramento for us have never even run a hot dog stand. Uh, but, you know, Gavin, Gavin Newsom has all sorts of experience. He was two-term governor of San Francisco. Uh, he was eight uh, years uh, as lieutenant governor and two years governor. Look what we have. We have rising crime and rising homelessness. Uh, we have a decline in the uh, quality of public education. People are leaving California for the first time in 170 years' history. Rolling brownouts because of the failure to adequately invest in our energy grid. Uh, we got a water shortage because of the same kind of the problem with our in- in water infrastructure. And bad forest management. This guy has all sorts of, uh, of experience. And when he ran for mayor in San Francisco in 2004, he promised to clean up that city's homelessness problem in 10 years. That would have been 2015. Have you been to San Francisco recently? And then as I've been asked many times, okay, what, 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 what does it take in order for all these issues you and I have just now mentioned for Californians, including Democrats uh, and independents, to rethink their hostility towards the Republican Party? I have the, uh, an R at the end of my name and Gavin Newsom and Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, all in their commercials, referred to this as a Republican takeover, indicating that Democrats have such a visceral dislike towards Republicans, they'll ignore crime, homelessness, all the other issues. And I thought about something that Gold in My Ear uh, said, or, 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 or anyway, the quote was attributed to her. She was asked about the Palestinian-Israeli problem and, of course, what I call homicide bombing. The other people call them suicide bombings. She said, this problem is going to continue, you know the quote, as long as Palestinian mothers hate Israeli Jews more than they love their own kids. This problem in California is going to continue as long as California Democrats and independents hate Republicans more than they hate the rise in crime, more than they hate the homelessness problem, more than they hate the fact that the average price of a home in California just hit $800,000, 150% above the national average, more than they hate the fact that people are leaving California, rolling brownouts, bad forest management, and so forth. As long as you hate Republicans more than you hate those problems, we're going to have these problems. See that? I mean, now you know, folks, there are so few people who speak this eloquently about about the issue. That is that is exactly right. I have a question uh, that, uh, well, a preface here. You mentioned all the, the women that you have had uh, some relationship with, called by the uh, Washington Post, called by the L.A. Times, and they reported nothing. Right. So... While you and I have had a relationship, it's different. <laughs> so, they, uh, but but it has been very close. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I kept getting questions from papers, and because I only do interviews by email, and uh, 
they printed nothing. Yeah. I wrote back pages. <laughs> But they got nothing negative, so there was nothing worth reporting. Michael Horn, who served as my agent for a number of years, he's uh, Jennifer Horn's uh, father, was on the L.A. Times uh, twice for an entire hour. They printed absolutely nothing. You know, I'm reminded of a Saturday Night Live skit. It was about the uh, the Salem witches, and, and one was being prosecuted. And the prosecutor stands up, and he's got this big, thick, about an inch thick of papers, and he's looking through them, and he's tapping them and folding them, getting them all and sorted. And his opening statement is, he takes his arm, he points to the woman and says, Witch! And that's it, and sat down. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Larry, what is the story with uh, the reparations for slave owners? Well, it was in a conversation I was having with Candace Owens where I was talking about the ludicrous nature of the whole reparations movement, which I described as the extraction of money from people who were never slave owners to be given to people who were never slaves. And I pointed out that uh, one of the reasons, in my opinion, there was no civil war in England is because of the people who were involved in the slave trade were given reparations uh, for their slaves, for their property. I said, do you want to play that game? Should we be giving reparations to uh, the slave owners in the South who received nothing when their property left? And I said, said, furthermore, uh, do we then go to uh, uh, Africa and extract money from uh, African countries that were, in, that were involved in the slave trade? Because it would not have happened without the complicity of African chiefs who sold slaves en masse to European slavers and Arab slavers. That's what the conversation was about. A and B, Dennis, what the devil does this have to do with why Gavin Newsom is being recalled? Um, and, and a couple more quick points well, if I can. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I never, ever suggested anybody vote for me because I'm black or against me because I'm black. And furthermore, all this first black, this first black, that, as far as I'm concerned, everything is anticlimactic after we had the first black president. But when you want to play that game, front page article, New York Times, all about me, negative, never once mentioning my race, never once mentioning that if I won, I would have been the first black governor of California. And I'm fine with that. But on the same page, article about, quote, the first female governor of New York, close quote, a woman who became governor only because uh, because Cuomo uh, resigned. The other thing is this, the stuff about the allegation made about me by an ex-girlfriend. Rose McGowan, the actress, and I held a press conference where she said Gavin Newsom's wife called her on behalf of Harvey Weinstein's lawyer six months before the story blew up and tried to get her to, to, to be quiet. What can we do to make you happy? What can we do to make this story go away? That's bombshell, Dennis. If Gavin Newsom's wife, in fact, called uh, this woman who alleged Harvey Weinstein raped her, and she's the one who broke the whole Harvey Weinstein story, Rose McGowan. If Rose McGowan received a phone call from Gavin Newsom's wife on behalf of Harvey Weinstein's lawyer making this request, that's bombshell. We held a press conference. No cared. The same media that ran with the allegation made by a former girlfriend didn't give a rip about this bombshell allegation. I don't know if it's true or false, but for crying out loud, Dennis, it would have been news if it had been made, made against me. This is the kind of double standard to which I was subjected the entire time of this, of this campaign. That's why Donald Trump was right. When he referred to the media regularly as the lying media. I mean, it's just, yeah. just it's, it's, it's a simple example. People called my show and asked me, well, you, still, you support Larry Elder. He's your friend, and he's for reparations for slave owners. I said, why don't you get the entire context? I said, we're, And I gave the example of, of what the Brits did, which I learned from you, actually. is a very interesting mm-hmm. little fact, mm-hmm. that it may have averted a civil war in Britain, and wouldn't it be worth that price? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, we, we used Nazi scientists to fight the Soviets. But, but again, Dennis, the relevance of this to, to the 
the recall rates to climb. Well, okay. The well, cost of living it's relevant in because it's relevant. Rolling brownouts, running out of water. The relevance of that is exactly what. <laughs> I think it's try to find anything, Dennis. And I've got 27,000 hours of radio, 10 years of TV before that. I've written 1,200 columns. This is the best you've got? That's right. That's why I said you've been, you've been inoculated. Yeah. So it's a very, very big deal. Well, uh, there's, a, there's a caller from Brooklyn, as I say, you're a national figure now. Larry lost because he did not call the Democrats racists. He is too nice. What do you say to Madeline in Brooklyn? Well, watch my interview, Madeline, with the L.A. Times. It's on YouTube. You tell me if I was too nice. I really, really eviscerated them for the black face of white supremacy, for never, ever reviewing any of my books, despite the fact that I've had two bestsellers. Two of them were the L.A. Times bestsellers for never reviewing my documentary, Uncle Tom, that, by the way, Dennis, made more money than the five documentaries nominated for Best Documentary combined, made more money than the one that was nominated, that won Best Picture, Nomadland, uh, and had a higher IMDb rating to any of the five that were nominated for Best Documentary. Couldn't get arrested in the L.A. Times. Couldn't get nominated by the, by the Academy. Uh, watch the first five minutes of that, and you tell me if I was too nice. Good man. <laughs> well, I will just tell you this, that the New York Times would write a feature article about you and not mention that you're black. Mm-hmm. That, that is a smoking gun as to the utter and total dishonesty of the New York Times. And remember, on the very same page, article right. the, about the, the first, the woman. Black, first right. female governor of New York. So if you, it's relevant that, that you have a D at the end of your name, you're the first. But if you have an R at the end of your name, you cease being black. <laughs> well, Larry, you, you deserve a vacation, and you deserve to be a, a, a very happy man. Well, I'm proud of the race I ran. We stuck to the issues. Um, we ran with integrity, and we smoked my competition. Uh, two-term uh, mayor of San, of, of, of San Diego uh, was in the race for a whole year. I think he got almost single digits. Uh, I was in the race for seven months, raised twice as much money as people thought I was going to raise, and I got almost the same percentage of the replacement vote as did Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm proud of that. You should be. Okay, folks, you'll be hearing a lot more from Larry Elder of that, I am certain. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. The New York Fed just announced that consumer fear of inflation is up yet again. For 10 consecutive months now, consumers have expressed their growing concern and expectation of rising consumer prices. Inflation expectations are now at an all-time high of 5.2%. That's about twice the rate that we've gotten used to. We all know who inflation hurts. The poor who spend a high proportion of their income on necessities of life retirees on a fixed income, savers who are getting almost zero on their savings accounts while price hikes cannibalize their purchasing power. But we seldom ask, who does inflation help? Answer, the ruling class, the elites, both government branch and the financial branch. Monetary expansion allows the government to continue spending, and those who get the money first are the biggest winners. Inflation is bad for the country in general, but like other... 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.